Welcome to the People and Technology podcast. We're coming at you recorded live here at the Australasian Talent Conference in Sydney. And it's a quieter moment now in between sessions, uh, which is which is great. Um, I'm very... Uh, my name's David Gazzarotto. Sorry, <laughs> folks out there who um, I'm sure know me by now. Um, I am uh, privileged to have two great guests with me now um, who've just come off stage uh, from their um, presentations. I have um, Air Commodore Sue McCready from the Department of Defence. Welcome. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to have you here. And I have got Kate... Donovan. 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 Sorry about that. That's okay. I had a mental blank. No Kate worries. Donovan from Manpower. <laughs> Very pl- um, great to have you here as well. Thank you. Excellent. Now, you guys have just come off stage. Um, how did that go? It was great. I loved, I loved presenting with you, Sue. It was terrific. I really <laughs> enjoyed it. It was good fun. Yeah, it was great fun. It was also great to be able to showcase some of the technology that we've been able to deploy in uh, helping um, our careers coaches select people. Yep. Yeah. Awesome. So, so um, tell us a little bit about... Um, you know, what, what do you do? You, you head up recruitment for Department of Defence, I understand? No, just for the Defence Force. So for, right. uh, I'm the Director General of Defence Force Recruiting. Yep. We are a collaborative Which is the pretty important end of defence, uh, let's face it. Pardon? That's the pretty critical part of the defence. Yes, it is. But I don't do any of the public service recruitment, yep. just for the um, uniforms. So uh, in conjunction with Manpower Group, and we've been a long-standing partnership with Manpower Group, we recruit between six and 10,000 people every year for yep. the Army, Navy, Air Force for trades, for um, officer, airmen, uh, airwomen, soldiers and sailors uh, to do a variety of roles. We've got over 200 different roles on offer. Great. And Kate, what's your connection to, obviously, to to Sue and her team? Yes. So, you know, the Australian Defence Force is a, you know, really a tremendous partnership and, and client that we've had since 2002. I lead recruitment process outsourcing for Manpower Group Solutions. Mm. And so, um, you know... It, it seemed like a great fit to talk about some of the global themes that we're seeing as an organization and related to some of the really innovative work that's being done in our partnership with, with the Australian Defence Force. Yeah, great. Well, um, Sue, perhaps talk us through you know, how technology is enabling you to do um, you know, great things in, within the, the Defence Force recruiting. Sure. So the environment that we work in is uh, anything from a high-tech to a no-tech environment. And people need to be able to operate high-tech, low-tech or no-tech. And that may be because the technology's failed or because the enemy's taken the technology out. And so they need to be able to adapt to that. So uh, we have... uh, use the virtual recruitment uh, tool um, to help guide the conversation or to see the conversation between the candidate and the career coach. So we deploy the virtual recruitment tool at our careers expos, uh, open days, air shows, and the candidates come along, put the kit on, and go through the scenarios. And mm. we use it to guide the career coach as to what um, the candidate has a natural affinity to, yep. how they think, whether they use brute force, do they listen to the commander, are they curious about their environment. Um, it's not an aptitude test, it's not an assessment, it's not a gate. It's about um, starting great conversations between the coach and the candidate. Right. And, and how has that improved um, the outcomes from a recruiting perspective? Yeah, so it also showcases defence as a high technology uh, user, and yep. so that attracts a lot of our digital natives. Mm. But it also has helped uh, to deploy on the ground. When you get very short uh, period to do an assessment on someone, you want to see them operating in a pressured environment. Uh, how do they make choices and selections? Uh, and how do they solve problems? What decision-making do they do? And so that's helped us to understand, you know, the, the kids who, or the candidates, who are 
um, interested in technology, who are curious, how do they solve problems, you know, do they use brute force? If they use brute force, they're probably not going to be a great electronics technician. Um, Maybe they're they're better at something else. So Mm. it's really helped the the conversation to be very rich. Yep. And is that helping um, in terms of, uh, presumably, we're we're in a, uh, a real war for, I hate to use the analogy of war, with uh, the defence force, but I will. Uh, we're in a war I for talent, it. right? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I so, use it all the time. Yeah, <laughs> I bet you do. So, I, I presumably, um, what you're doing here is helping you to to get get the forefront of that war of ta- war for talent and and uh, um, be able to compete for the sort of talent that you want to bring right. in. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, we, as I said, it helps to showcase the Defence Force as a high yep. technology organisation. Um, but we also recognise that going into the future that the um, scarce talent that is out there, we might need to share that. And so our reserve option is a really good way to do that. So, for mm. example, we don't have any full-time neurosurgeons in the Defence Force. Mm. We have them in our reserve force. And what that means is they work at, you know, the uh, general hospital uh Monday to Friday, and then if uh, something such as the Bali bombings happen or somewhere we need to deploy a surgeon uh, of a particular skill set at a particular time, we know they're well-skilled yeah. from their operations in the general hospital and we can take them on an operation as a reservist. Right. Mm. Yeah, it's a pretty, uh, pretty critical bit of capability, that. Mm. Absolutely. So, Kate, talk us through how Manpower is supporting um, you know, the work that Sue's doing. Yes. You know... We have been a full-scale partner for them for, gosh, more than almost since 2002. And, you know, we have, I think, about 750 people from Manpower Group supporting Australian Force, yep. a Defence Force from really all aspects of the recruiting process. Yeah. But, you know, I think, you know, it's very interesting. The, you know, the virtual reality is also great. But, you know, there are so many other ways to engage clients, to engage candidates. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, the talent mm. shortage. And mm. we were talking a little bit about greater Australia talent. And certainly in Australia, there is a talent shortage. More than 40% of employers recognize that they're, they're having struggles to find talent. Yeah. And one of the things that was showcased through the virtual reality is trying to identify, attract, have a great candidate experience, but also really get at that best fit candidate. And as Sue said, in you know, in a war for talent where there is short talent, mm. if you can provide people with skills that they can use not only perhaps in the Australian Defence Force, but later in their careers, that's all to the good. Yeah, I think that's yeah. an interesting one. I think with defence, and, and I, my wife comes from a defence family, yeah. um, and, I, and I think there's a, a really important aspect of, you know, there's, there's only, a, I think there's a, a, a smaller proportion that would chart their career th- with defence throughout. Yeah. So it becomes quite a big feeding ground naturally for industry and, and right. uh, employers yeah. as well. It's an important right. yeah. aspect. But as Kate talked about in her presentation about... Um, people are less likely to have a career for life in the future and I think you know the current studies say I think five careers and 15 different jobs in their lifetime but in defence because we have such a broad range of jobs on offer we have people who join and they have those five different careers in defence so one of uh, my staff actually down in Adelaide Mm. she joined the Air Force as a military working dog handler and then she decided she wanted to become a loadmaster on our C-130 Hercules aircraft so she retrained and re-rolled into a, a, a loadmaster 
master. Then she decided that she wanted to go to university and study nursing. Mm-hmm. So she did that and she's, she's now a qualified nurse and she works in our recruiting centre in Adelaide and on uh, a couple of days a week she actually goes and works in the hospital right. to keep her nursing skills up. So right. she's in recruitment now. So yeah. there's, there's four different yeah. kind yeah. of yeah. very different roles. That, that's such a Absolutely. great point. It's a great one, of the theme, one of the themes we discussed was recruiting for learnability. Yep. And that's people who are really genuinely interested in continuous improvement. Yeah. And with the changes in technology just in general, all of us are going to be needing to, you know, continually upskill. Yep. And with millennials, one of the things that we've discovered is that they're most interested in developmental opportunities, training mm. opportunities, and maybe in the past, you know, it's traditional to leave a job for yeah. increased pay or something yeah. like that. Yeah. But really, for you know, the new generation, it's about that career sustainability yeah. and you know, gaining the skills to have a career for life mm. rather than a job for life. That's interesting, isn't it? I think there's probably two key elements, isn't there, for millennials and next generations. Uh, you know, the talk is about wanting the development opportunity, wanting to be able to grow, yeah, exactly. um, enrich themselves. But I think the other one is, is having this real sense of purpose and wanting to connect with organisations right. that are... You know, that have a, a very strong sense of purpose. And I, I expect that's something that you guys have got in spades, right? Yeah, and, and that's something we bring out through the virtual recruitment tool. Yep. The, the tool actually puts the candidate with their goggles on in the back of an MRH90, flies yeah. them off the back of HMAS Canberra into an island which has been hit by a Category 5 cyclone, and yep. they're there to um, deliver disaster relief. Mm. And so it really appeals to a broad range of the current generation about how they can make a difference in yeah. the world and, you know, having strong purpose about what they right. do. Yeah. Right. So, uh, yeah, talk to me a little bit more about this virtual reality tool um, because I, uh, I can see how one of the things that I remember looking at army recruitment back at you know, school I went to, it was a very... Um, it was a hands-off. It was kind of you had to, to to have a conversation to try and put yourself in that what what the world would be like there. So you're then left with stereotypes and, and whatever other inputs you have. So talk, just give me a, a paint a picture around how the sure. virtual reality tool works, and I guess the, the extension of that is um, that sense of how we can make it real for people to explore the potential of a career. So something that um, we find quite challenging is. Uh, those roles that are not available in the civilian sector. Mm. One might be a submariner. Um, mm-hmm. So if you want to be a pilot, you mm. can perhaps go for a fly um, on a general aviation aircraft or yeah. on a, an airliner. Um, you, you certainly don't get the um, F-18 experience, but you certainly understand what flying's about. You can't just go and book a ticket on a submarine ride. Mm. Uh, so being able to explain to candidates you know, what that experience is like is, is challenging. So we do have some immersion days where we take candidates and expose them to what the submarine is about. But the virtual reality tool um, puts the candidate in the experience. So they're in the back of an MRH-90. Yep. They're flying into the airfield. They're, they're actually in the briefing tent with the commander being briefed mm. on the tasks that they have to do. And then they're put into another scenario where they need to get um, communications up and running so they can communicate to the people of the island about what's happening with the disaster relief, where they go to get mm. food and um, supplies and so forth. So it really puts the candidate in the experience mm. uh, and evokes that emotion and the emotional response of uh, what it's like as much as you can in, sure. in that environment. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah no. You know, we use that as well as a screening tool. So I'm sure you've heard of virtual sure. job tryouts, right? Mm, mm. And, you know, it's really quite sophisticated now where you can really put people in the actual environment that they'll be working yeah. and give them test scenarios that are likely to happen. And, you know, it, it's the best thing for a candidate experience mm. if a person either selects in or selects out. Yep. You know, it saves, it saves everybody time. Mm. And, yeah. it, you know, and it, with many of these tryouts, it's fun along the way, too. Yeah, and it's engaging, so yeah. you've got that aspect, too. Yeah. I think the other thing that would be really, in my mind, would, would be um, really uh, a, a value from using this, this sort of tool as well is getting rid of the, the conscious and unconscious biases That's too. Right. Yep. So wanting to get away from the written resumes and just yep. going, well, let's just put the person in there, right. see what they bring, yes. yeah. and then we can go through yeah. anything else that we might need to, yeah. be it checks or credentializing and the like. Is, right. is that kind of what you're, you're finding as an added value? I, from the I think that is a, an absolutely great point. And, um, you know, get, getting to the, the best fit candidate yeah. it's a cultural fit all of that it's it's a, a great tool for that yeah. yeah excellent is that um the experience you're nodding your head vigorously too on that one sue yeah no it's, yep. it's really hard to you know in the very short assessment time you have to see how a candidate might react under pressure yeah. and in different circumstances um it, it's also you know we recognize the un- the role of unconscious bias in selection processes yeah. and mm. we work where we can to try to mitigate that as much as possible yeah yeah. Excellent. So, what's um, so from a manpower perspective? How how does your team kind of support um, Sue's team? Is it is it a, um, have you got the recruiters embedded in there? Yes. Yeah. Yep. So, <laughs> so uh, we're, we're a collaborative partnership yep. and it's great having Manpower uh, as part of that team because they bring so much industry experience yeah. to the table. Like our marketing capability in the Manpower team is awesome yep. um, and it's, you know, everyone loves the Defence Force recruiting ads yeah, and I think yeah. that we've won lots of awards for them because they are fantastic. Um, I could never hope to have or grow that kind of capability in the Australian Defence Force people or in the public service people in my team. Yep. Manpower yep. brings that in spades. Yeah. So uh, Manpower does that part. And, and our core capability is having the uniform people, the Defence Force people, talking to candidates about what the roles are mm. and what it's mm. like to be in the Defence Force. And it's the Defence Force people who make the decisions about who's going to join because we're the best ones to decide mm-hmm. what's organisational fit. Yep. But Manpower does a great job on the marketing side of the house. Yeah. Um, they help us through another one of our partners in doing the medical screening yep. um, and then processing people uh, all of the security checks that we need to do, uh, background checks and, and so forth. Mm. Yeah. yeah. You know, one of one of the things like company like Manpower Group is, this is our business, it's what we perpetually yep, right. invest Your expertise. in. Right? Mm. And so th- the investments that we're able to make on behalf of our clients, you know, really leads to a terrific outcome. Yeah. Yeah, I had a, I, one of your colleagues um, was on a podcast this time last year with me. Um, oh, oh, can't remember his name Jim now. McCoy? Tim, yes. Yeah. Jim. We had Jim. a great yeah. conversation. I yeah. think what was interesting to me about that was... Um, the investment you're making in the career of being a recruiter. Yeah, and, exactly. And that you can see how you're making those investments and the value it adds 
to your team, Sue, in terms of being able to leverage that capability? Well, that's that's right. I mean, we pride ourselves yeah. on being a destination for recruiters. Yeah. And, you know, we do a lot of recruiting right out of college and all of that. Mm. And, you know, one thing, we don't expect people to always stay with us for a career. But if they stay with us for a year, year and a half, we will make them a professional recruiter. Yeah. And they can take that skill anywhere in the world. Yeah. The other thing that Manpower brings to our team, which has been fantastic for us, is the understanding of the market and the mm-hmm. and the industry. And uh, my partner in crime, Glenn McPhee from mm. Manpower, mm. is regularly invited by senior defence leaders to come along and talk about what the industry is looking like, the future trends in workforce, so that they can uh, look to what they need to recruit in the future. And, and just recently, Glenn spoke to the Air Force senior leadership team about recruiting the workforce for the fifth generation Air Force. So the new yeah. Joint Strike fighter we're buying is a fifth generation aircraft. So it's completely different to anything else yeah. we've ever flown. And so how do you find the workforce for such an aircraft? That's and right. Glenn brought some amazing experience from industry to help um, Air Force understand yeah. what it was we need to look for. Mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. One of the things we, we covered in the presentation is, you know, Manpower Group touches almost 4 million candidates a year yeah. across the world. And, you know, you do that for 70 years and you get some great insights into the, yeah. into the labor force. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, very interesting. So what's, um, yeah, what's uh, probably one of the things I did want to cover off, and we'll do it quickly because we're rapidly coming okay. up against time. Right. Um, but it's this, this theme of the event here is about effectively the melding of the humans and the machines, yeah. you know, um, AI, uh, virtual reality. Um, I think what you guys have painted a picture of is the um, power of bringing the technology to the table, but the need to have the humans there That's at right. the crux of it. So perhaps That's a couple right. of comments around that. Yeah, the one that I used in the presentation, actually, it's still Australian government policy that there is a human in the kill chain when we are deciding whether to execute lethal force or not. Interesting. Even when it's a remotely piloted aircraft, there is still a human making that decision because it is a human decision Mm -hmm. to be made. Wow. Yeah, and that's that's a very powerful connection to make, isn't it? So that stands to reason that when you're making critical decisions about who you're hiring, how you're building your teams, you're going to keep the humans at the forefront of that. The values, the attitude, you know, yeah. I always say recruit for attitude and train for skill. Yeah. 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 That's I couldn't agree more. And that's what our research shows, too, that the soft skills, the emotional intelligence, yeah. decision making, those are all the skills that are at the base of, of you know, any career. Mm. And uh, the technology, it's going to augment careers, it's going to redefine jobs, but really it's the soft skills that you want to hire for. I couldn't agree more, Sue. Yeah, excellent. Well, that's a, I think that's a pretty powerful note for us to, to conclude the conversation. So I really appreciate uh, the generosity of your time, Sue and Kate. Thanks for sharing the story. Thank you, David. Thank you, David. Pleasure. And we'll uh, catch you all again soon. Thanks. Thank you.